Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 115. Thank you for downloading yet again. Um, I just want to remind everybody to go ahead and give me a call, send me an email, um, go to the discussion groups on herohabit.com. Let me know what songs you love, what songs you hate, where I've got things wrong, where you think I've uh, changed your mind, anything that that is relevant to the Kinks and Beatles in this podcast. I'd love to hear from you. We're all sitting at home these days. Um, and why not? Let's, uh, let's be social with each other since we can't be social out in the real world right now. Um, if you go to herohabit.com underneath the podcast button, there's a link to kinks and beats daily where you can get all the information you need on how to contact me and articles that have been written about the bands and everything that you need is right there today. We're talking about a song called what in the world by Ringo Starr. It was released June 16th, 1998 on his album Vertical Man, which was his 11th studio album to that point. I love this album. This is, uh, without a doubt, my favorite Ringo Starr album. I had, um, I was, what was I? I was a junior in high school when this came out. Um, so I'd, I'd just been kind of new to the Beatles and, and, and stuff. I'd gotten into them, I think, like in the eighth grade or something when the anthology came out. And so this was my first Ringo Starr album. I hadn't dug into his back catalog at that point. Uh, Flaming Pie, Paul McCartney's album, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, had just come out a couple years or a year prior. And I loved that album. So solo Beatles were kind of on a hit right now. And I was digging into the back catalogs of uh, Paul and George mostly because their stuff was easier to find at that time. And, uh, and then bought this album and listen to this album to death. This is a very good pop album. Uh, some have said it's overproduced. Maybe it is, but this is the kind of overproduction I like because it is, there's a lot going on and everything, but it's still clean and, and well mixed and engineered. And like, I can hear everything that's going on. And to say that layering a lot of instruments on a, a track by default is overproduction is ridiculous because I think we should take a classical approach to any kind of music, whether it's rock or classical or jazz or country or whatever. Take that approach that you are composing something. And sometimes you compose a string quartet and that's fine to just have you know bass, guitar, drum, and vocal. And then other times you compose a giant symphony with a full orchestra and a background choir and everything. And that's fine too. They all have their place. And some of it is going to be good and some of it's going to suck. But to to diminish this album because it's quote unquote overproduced, I think is unfair because there's a, a some of the best musicians in the world are on it for starters. He got all of his buddies to contribute to this album. It's got great producers. It's got good songwriting. You know, Ringo teamed up with some guys that knew what they were doing and delivered an album full of hooks and catchy melodies and, 
you know, earworm chord progressions and everything. And, and it works. There's not a song on here. I don't like, um, that I can think of off the top of my head. And there are some songs that I revisit pretty frequently, but we're not here to talk about vertical man. I will get on that soapbox. Um, when we do a full episode on it, but like I mentioned, Paul McCartney's flaming pie had come out the year before, and that was him kind of being, uh, reinvigorated by all the work he'd done on the anthology and kind of refocused him on uh, how to be a studio musician and how to produce an album from, you know, floor to ceiling. And Ringo was doing the same thing and saw this as an attempt to return to his roots and make a solid commercially successful album. Speaking of Paul, he actually plays bass and uh, sings background vocals on this track, as well as the song La Di Da. And it's said that uh, when when they were recording this, you know, during the playback, Paul t- says to Ringo, wow, this sounds really Beatles-ish. And I guess Ringo was kind of, you know, like, yeah, I, I said that too, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Paul said, well, you are an effing Beatle. So I think both of them at this point after, what are we talking about, 28 years now, are finally able to embrace the fact that they are Beatles and that it's okay for their music to sound like the Beatles because they are the Beatles, you know, and they all four tried to distance themselves from that at at certain points in their solo careers where they didn't want to have that Beatles sound, but it's like, but it's, it's your, it's not me sounding like the Beatles being a hack, which I am. Um, It's the Beatles sounding like the Beatles. So who cares? You know, but I get it. I get it. Um, this song, so La Di Da, which like I just said, Paul played bass on was the lead off single. And I kind of get it. I actually really like that song. I think it's a fantastic pop song. It is catchy as all get out. Um, it's maybe a little too long, but it's got a catchy melody. It's got a good sing songy chorus. I'm sure it sounds great in concert, but, um, maybe shouldn't have been the lead off single. And this song would have been a more appropriate lead off single because it's just a straight ahead you know, power pop song. And, um, you know, it probably still wouldn't have been a hit because this wasn't the style at the time, but it might've been, you know, Hanson was doing bop and all that kind of stuff. And that was just catchy power pop. And uh, I believe Mark Hudson, who produced this album with Ringo also had something to do with the Hanson recordings. And he did some stuff with Aerosmith when they were having their resurgence. So there was an aspect to this that could have been very commercial. The album didn't really do that much. Um, top hundred, but not really a mark on anything. And the single didn't do anything. But I do remember Ringo performing this all over the place. He promoted this album like crazy, and uh, and that was cool for a, you know a new Beatles fan to see two of the three surviving Beatles out and about on TV all the time. At that point, uh, George was obviously dealing with his own things at that time. So the structure of the song, excuse me, got some cool chords. Opens with not a great opening line. I remember it all. That magical moment I'll never forget. Yeah, you just said I remember it all. And then you said I'll never forget. Whatever, I can look past that. But uh, if we're in D, which the opening chords, he does like a... So they drill the D chord home. Uh, we're just doing one to five, two, four, 
one, uh, five, one. That's it. Nothing crazy there. And then he shifts and does this shift to like a B minor um, section. So I'll just play it. I remember it all. That magical moment I'll never forget. We started to fall. Higher and higher in love than I thought we could get. It was so hard to find someone. And then I found you. And then back to the quick key of D. What in the world would I do? Living in a world without you. Me and the sky would be blue. Bluer than I ever knew. The sun will shine and there'll be no light. And nothing to look forward to in a world without you. So that's it. So he goes up to um, what is this? A six chord. Um, well, yeah. No, he goes to a, a two chord. So instead of resolving that five back to one, he goes to the six. So he's going two, five, uh, uh, I'm sorry, two, four, and then six. And then this is a major three. Back to four, and then a diminished chord. So he's got a little George Harrison naughty chord in there. So he never really strays that far from the home key. He does uh, slide out of it for a second with that F sharp minor, um, but he he stays relatively close or, or F sharp major. I mean, he stays relatively centered on D the verse and the chorus are all in D and that's it. But the way that the, the chords are structured, the harmonies and the vocals and everything um, makes it sound like a much more complicated harmonic structure. And so that's cool. So I encourage you go listen to this album with an open mind because uh, you know, it it's the one critical thing I see the most is that it's overproduced, but I happen to like it. I think Paul's book bass on this track and his background vocals really up the ante for how, uh, how good this song is, but it's a catchy pop song, you know, and sometimes you want a steak and sometimes you want a hot dog and this is a hot dog, right? And like when you, when you want a steak, nothing else is going to satisfy that. And you can go listen to Abbey road or village green preservation society for your steak. But when you want a good hot dog, no matter how good the steak is, it's not going to satisfy your craving for a hot dog. This is a good hot dog. To all my vegan friends out there, I'm sorry. I don't know what the comparison would be. I guess it, sometimes you want an eggplant parmesan and sometimes you want a bowl of kale. I don't know. I don't understand these things. But you know what I'm saying. There's there's a place for every kind of music. And if it's a good song, it it it's a good song. And maybe it would have sounded good with just bass guitar and a piano, but it sounds good here too. So go listen to it with the headphones. It's on the Spotify playlist that you can follow on Spotify. If you search for Kinks and Beats Daily, I'm sure it will pop up. And you can follow that. And we post all of the week's songs on Monday. 
so that you can listen to them ahead of time. And then we leave them up. So that's that playlist now has 114 songs on it or whatever uh, we're up to so that you can, you know, refresh your memory on some of these tunes you've never heard or have, haven't listened to in a while. So go check that out and follow it. Um, and again, you can find the links to all that stuff at herohabit.com. All right. I will talk to you guys soon. Don't forget to reach out to me. I'd like to hear from all my listeners and leave reviews, ratings and reviews, five stars on iTunes, please. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.